Hey there. Is today your first time here? Or maybe your first time in a while? If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So, no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So, welcome to church. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Refresh Bible Study. I see that you guys are already commenting, tagging, and sharing the broadcast. I uh, ask that you please continue to do that. And so I'm so thankful to have you this evening. And so let's get a couple of announcements out the way so that we can get started tonight. Uh, just do me a favor. Uh, give me a, let me, I didn't test to make sure that, okay, yeah, everything's working. I just want to make sure the volume was good. So, uh, so like I said, welcome. Let me hashtag live if you're watching live. If you're watching the replay, hashtag replay. Let me know where you're listening from. Real quick, let me put up some uh, announcements so that you guys know what our announcements are for uh, tonight. First of all, Fellowship of Champions. We're a church teaching you to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. And the way that we do that is that we have several different opportunities for you to get engaged throughout the week. Of course, on Wednesday, we have midweek Bible study with myself, Pastor Raph, every week, uh, Wednesday at 8. And then on uh, Sundays at 930, we have Kristen Valley Worships. That's our worship service starting out. Uh, you can follow her on her page, Kristen Valley Worships, professional Facebook page. And then at 10 o'clock on Sundays, we have Sunday Celebration. Uh, with Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, also on the Fellowship of Champions page. And then on Tuesday nights, we have corporate prayer at 8 p.m. on the Fellowship of Champions page. So I encourage you guys to get involved uh, four different times a week. And then if you need prayer throughout the week, feel free to uh, let us know. Also, we have Ignite and we have Victory Zone. Ignite is our team service on Thursdays night via Zoom. You can go to our website, which is focchurch.com, uh, and you'll be able to uh, find the link there for VZ Ignite and access the Ignite Zoom link, as well as access our Victory Zone lessons for our kids. So those are the announcements. Make sure you plug in. Make sure your kids are getting in the Word and spending time with God the same way that you are as an adult. All right. So let's get started tonight. All right. Uh once again, I see somebody said they love the uh, the intro. Yeah, we're we're practicing and we're getting better with the the new software. So uh, yes, yeah, look look fancy, but it, it's going to get better. It's going to continue to get better. We're going to be excellent on the level we can be excellent on. So Father God, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. And we thank you for your grace. 
We thank you that as we go dive into your word, that we will see, hear, and understand what you will have us to see so that we may be converted and become more like you. We thank you that we bring forth fruit for your kingdom, that we are good stewards of everything that you have placed us over, and that we are kings and queens in this earth. We thank you that we give your word priority in our lives. It is the only thing that we depend on, Father. We declare that we cast down our flesh, our mind, our will, and our emotions, God, and we declare that we seek after you with our whole heart, and we lean not to our own understanding. Father, we thank you that we'll be more like you after having heard your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about don't grow weary. And so it's the first time I'm trying a Google slide with teaching so on this software. So if something goes uh, wrong, y'all be patient with me, but I, I'm going to attempt this. But tonight we're going to talk about don't grow weary. At the beginning of the year, Pastor Erdin gave us a word. Well, actually, it began in the last year that this is the year of great harvest. That this is the year of great harvest for those who sow and who follow after the word. And so to, it is real easy to grow weary and seeking after the and going after the word. It's real easy to get caught up in things uh, and, and lose focus of, of what, what the word says that we can have. And so the thing that uh, I think it was Pastor Tony that taught us, he came to us, he said, if you're willing to stand forever, you will not have to stand for long. And for a lot of us, we are not committed for standing forever. God will give us a word and we'll feel like that we have to, uh, that word has to come to pass immediately. When we're in faith, what faith does is take hold of that finished thing and bring it into the right now. So when I'm in faith, I already possess the finished work. That's why you're able to stand forever. But because you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to stand for long. One year doesn't seem long compared to forever. 10 years doesn't seem long when you compare forever. 20 years doesn't even seem long when you compare forever. So when I begin to believe God about whatever he said about my life, I commit to believing God forever. And when I commit to believing God forever, anything that happens before then doesn't seem like a long time because God will bring it to pass. Uh, and so that's what we got to understand is I won't grow weary when I understand that God will finish what he has started. When I understand that when he told me about the vision that he had already completed that thing in the earth, I won't grow weary as long as I remain focused on God. But when I begin to look at time, when I begin to look at the environment, when I begin to look at my flesh, when I begin to consider my own emotions, that's when I begin to grow weary because I take my eyes off God. Go ahead and type that. Say, I will not take my eyes off God. In Galatians 6 and 9, it says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I don't give up. I don't cave in and I don't quit. I don't give up. I don't cave in and I don't quit. So it's not the time to cave in. It's not the time to quit. There is more for you in, in store for you this year. And so as I was praying about tonight, God just kept telling me to remind the people, I'm not finished with them yet. If you choose to believe there are still things I have for you in 2020, don't, don't you chop it up to the fact 
that that you feel like 2020 is a bad year. You feel like that is not going your way. There are things I still want to do for you in 2020. Don't throw this year away, God says, because I will still be the God. I don't need all day. I just need a day. And I need somebody who is willing to partner with me so that I can put into the earth and manifest what I have already given you. And so our job is to partner with God. How do we partner with God? We partner with God when we hear what he says. We partner with God when we believe what he says. And we partner with God when we act on the thing that he has told us. And so that's how we partner with God. And so this is a year. I won't faint. I won't give up. And I will see the rewards of the harvest from the seed that I've sown. Amen. So here's the thing, though. We can't be lulled to sleep into disbelief uh, or fear by storms. If anybody has ever been awake on a stormy night and you've heard rain and you heard the thunder and you heard all those things happening, what happens is it begins to calm you and causes you to begin to feel sleepy for most people. And what happens is if you're not careful, the storms of life will steal your attention and it will cause you to become sleepy on the word. What do you mean, Ralph? If you're not careful, you'll lose the vision that this is a year of great harvest because you'll see the unemployment rate. You'll see the stock market crashing. You'll see people getting laid off. And before you know it, you're asleep on the things of God because your attention is now on everything that you can see in your environment. So don't be lulled away by what you see in this earth because that does not dictate what God has promised you. Nothing in the earth impacts the promises that God has for your life. Nothing in this earth impacts what God has for your life uh, besides your believing. And so we can't grow weary in believing. We can't grow weary in obeying. We can't grow weary in acting on the word. And we can't grow weary in seeking God. We must be committed to walking out and finishing strong what God has started on our behalf. And here's the other thing that causes us to grow weary. A lot of times we kill ourselves because we try to mimic what others do and produce fruit. So I can't be out here trying to mimic what I see other people doing, expecting for it to give me the same results. What do you mean, Ralph? A pecan tree produces this fruit in the fall. It can withstand harsh conditions, cold, wet, and lots of sun. However, it takes time to harvest for harvest to occur. A tree must mature six years before it starts showing fruit. So a pecan tree, before it manifests fruit, has to grow up and become. And so right now, a lot of times you're saying, oh, I'm not seeing in the har any harvest, but you're more patient than you were when you started the year. I'm not seeing in the harvest, but your marriage is better than it was before you started the year. I'm not seeing in the harvest, but you're healthier than you are were before you started the year. God is growing up a lot of people in character. He's growing up a lot of people in, in integrity. He's growing you up in excellence. What he's doing is establishing a root system so that you may be able to bear, bear the fruit that he desires to hang on you. But if God gave you everything that he desired for you to have, when you can't even be consistent and a good steward of your time, then you would just fail at it. If he gave you all the wealth that he desired for you to have right now, then you would just fail at it. Why? because you need time to mature and grow up. And see, that's the part that we don't want to count the harvest off. 
Harvest is great. We always think harvest is great in the form of money. Harvest is great in the form of houses. Harvest is great in the form of cars. But harvest is great in the form of character. Harvest is great in the form of being excellence. Harvest is great in the form of having good work ethic. Harvest is great in the form of growing up and maturing and studying the word of God. That is still harvest and you need to count that for what it is. But as long as all the harvest you ever consider is just tangible items and you miss the fact of growing up in the character of God. You missed the harvest of holiness. You missed the harvest of sanctification. Those are all things that are required to be harvested so that the fruit that God wants you to bear that people see will be able to hang on something of substance. Amen. So, so we're developing a root system. Yeah, I like that, Dad. You got to count it all as harvest. So even as that, that 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 harvest is manifesting, the character is growing up, the maturity is growing up, and when that pecan tree reaches about six years, it, it produces a little, a few pecans because it's still not full size. And so that's much like our faith. You're trying to obtain something. And the Bible talks about different levels of faith. You're trying to obtain something that you don't even have the faith to believe for. See, I think Pastor Sean said the other time, the worst time to start reading about healing is when you need it. In the off season, you need to be preparing yourself to reap the harvest that you may need later. So I study about healing now. You study about money now. But we're trying to reap where we haven't sown the seed. You haven't sown the time to know what the word says about it. And then we get frustrated because we're not seeing those things. So now in the kingdom, it's, time is not an aspect. So in the kingdom, I talked about the six years, but in the kingdom, you got to understand that time is not an aspect. But what I'm saying is that you want the results of someone who consistently obeys God with your sporadic obedience. You can't get the results of somebody who's obedient by with sporadic obedience. You can't get that. Same, so, so an orange tree, so you out here growing weary because you're not doing what God asks you to do. You're doing what you see other people's doing, trying to mimic them to produce the fruit that you see. And so if I planted an orange seed in the exact same conditions that I planted a pecan seed in the same environment, in the same climate, I can't be mad at the seed because it didn't produce oranges. It was my fault because I didn't place it in the place that was optimal for the environment for it to grow. And so many of us are growing weary because we're planting seeds in places that God has never told us to plant it. We're taking jobs that God has never told us to take. We're marrying people that God has never told us to marry. We're buying things that God has never given us permission to buy. And we're growing weary through disobedience because we're planting seeds in areas that God has never told us to plant a seed. We're mimicking what we see other people do with the expectation that it will grow. But the thing you got to understand is that other people may be a pecan seed. That's the environment that's optimal for their growth. But you being an orange seed has a different uh, environment that's optimal for your growth. So you got to hear God, the creator, about where to sow your seed. Where do you work? Where do you, who do you marry? The things that you do so that you may be optimal in your fruit production. And so you can't be mad at God because you spent all this time studying for this test. You spent all this time 
paying for this test. You spent all this time trying to become the lawyer, the doctor, whatever you want to become when God told you that wasn't it in the first place. And now you're mad at God because you sown all those seeds. Now you're tired because you sown all of those seeds. Now you're exhausted because you're out outside the will of God. You're not in the environment that's conducive for you to grow the fruit that God desires for you to grow. So you can't mimic what you see other people doing. You can't mimic where what the what the stats say is the best career that make the most money. You always got to hear from God. Where do I plant my seed, God? My career seed, God. Where do I plant my marital seed, God? Where do I where do I, where do I go to church, God? What, what do I need to be doing in this season, God? Why? Because when I do that, then it prevents me from growing, from not producing fruit. I won't grow weary because I'll be obeying God. And in my land, there is always harvest. In my land, there is always enough. In my land, I'll always bear much fruit. Amen? So, in Proverbs 10, 4 and 5, it says it's like this. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but no one who sleeps during harvest is, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Disgrace. So listen to what that says. Lazy people are soon poor. And see, it's lazy to be disobedient. It's lazy to be disobedient because obedience requires you to, to check your flesh. Obedience requires you to check your soul, your mind, your will, your imaginations, your intellect. It requires you to check those things. And so what, what lazy people are soon poor, disobedient people are soon poor because when I am disobedient, I am lazy. I am not putting in the work required to, to, to crucify my flesh so that I may obey God and experience the abundance and the wealth that he came to give me. I'm lazy through obedience. And because of disobedience, I experience poverty in my life. But it says hard workers get rich. Who was a hard worker? The man that obeys God. How do you know that man will, that he'll get rich? John 10 and 10, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. God desires that we may prosper and be in health even as our soul prosper. He says in Philippians 2 that he'll give us, he'll put the desire in our heart. And then in, in, in Proverbs, it tells he'll, He'll put the desire in our heart in Philippians. And then in Proverbs, he says, he'll give us the desires of our heart. What is he saying? I'm going to tell you what you need to ask me for. And then I'm going to give you what you ask me for. If you obey me, then I will make sure it happens. But when we're lazy and we don't check our flesh, when we're lazy and we don't check our soul, our mind, our imagination, our intellect, and we don't do that, then we end up in a poverty state because we fail to crucify our own selves. We, we take up our own cross, we take up our own agenda, and we seek out our own way, and then we want to blame God for it not coming to pass, and we grow tired and not seeing the manifestation of God's goodness only because we're lazy in our thinking because we didn't want to do it God's way. So you can't sow seeds in places God has not told you and expect to harvest. Sacrifice does not replace obedience. It doesn't matter if you sow 50 seeds in a place that God told you not to uh, 
So it will not produce the harvest of that one seed sown in the right soil that God told you to sow in. So you got to find yourself sowing in the place that God told you to sow in order for you to reap what God has for you to reap. Because otherwise you grow weary in well-doing. Otherwise you grow exhausted with those things. Otherwise you get tired because you are doing it out of your flesh and you're doing it from a place uh, uh of human perspective and not of God's perspective, all right? And so here's the other thing that we have to realize. Galatians 6 and 7 says it this way. You cannot fool God, so don't make a fool of yourself. You will harvest what you plant. You can't sow apples expecting watermelons and then be upset you didn't get watermelons. You can't be out here sowing, not sowing time, but expecting for God to reconcile time. You can't be out here sowing discord in your marriage, but expecting God to uh, to uh, renew your marriage. You can't be out here be sowing disgruntlement. You can't be out here sowing strife and, and anger and resentment and expecting for everybody you encounter to love you. Don't be a fool. Don't be foolish. God is not mocked. Whatever you you sow, that's what you're going to harvest. But if you're out here sowing the right seeds in the right environments, then you're going to reap the right harvest so that God can do exactly what he told you he was going to do for you. And so you won't grow weary because you won't be out toiling because you'll be sowing your seed in the right soil. So that was Galatians 6 and 9. And so what I want to say is that as the year end approaches, it is going to be extremely important that we finish stronger than we started. We, we got a great word at the beginning of the year about this being a year of great harvest and people were really excited. <laughs> then COVID hit. And, you know, COVID knocked a lot of people's uh, oomph out of them. You know, you ever been uh, doing something, somebody accidentally hit you in the stomach and it just knocked. I remember playing football. And, and as a running back, you'll run the ball and you'll follow the ball wrong and it just knocked everything out of you. And then you're on the ground and you're rolling around. You're just trying to catch your breath because the wind has knocked out of you. Some of you are still on the ground rolling around because you got the wind knocked out of you. You got to get back up and you got to go back to the hole. You got to hear what God says and you got to run the ball again. You can't quit every time something doesn't go your way. You can't cave in every time an obstacle comes your way. You can't just fail, uh, decide that you're just going to quit and, and just just stop because it doesn't look like what you think it should look like in the natural. Baby, God as a born again believer, God didn't say you wouldn't experience tribulation. You wouldn't experience trials. But what he did promise us is that you would experience victory. That's what he tells us in Corinthians. He promised us that we'll experience victory. So you got to get back up. You got to go back to the huddle and you got to ask the coach to give you the ball. God, give me another opportunity. I know that COVID knocked the breath out of me, but I declare that I, I will live my best life. I declare that my money will be right. My health will be right. I thank you in the name of Jesus that it'll all go well for me and that the end of 2020 will be the best year I've ever experienced. I know in the first 320 days, it didn't go my way. I know it didn't look like what I wanted to look like, but I got 40 days left and I choose to believe God these 40 days. I choose to believe God on every word that he says. I understand that he 
is a God that he cannot lie. I understand that he is not a respecter of person. I understand that the same way he did it for them in the Bible, he'll do it for me. I thank you that every time I see somebody else blessed, it's a guarantee that God will bless me also. I will not, I will stagger not at the premises of God through unbelief, but I will believe the word of God. I will stand strong. I'll be unmovable. I will pursue and see what God has said in this year. I'm not waiting on 2020. I'll do it this year. So you can't get caught up in all those things. You got to keep moving. You got to keep moving. And so that word weary means to be utterly spiritless to be worn or exhausted or fail to believe. And he says, let us not be worn out. Let us not be exhausted. Let us not fail to believe in doing good. I know that that sometimes you're sowing seeds and sometimes people don't seem like they are appreciative. I know it feels like you're doing everything right, but nothing's changing. I know it seems that way, but baby, faint not. Don't, don't stagger at the promises of God. Keep moving forward because what God has said has already been done. And what we are doing is pursuing to cause history to repeat itself. And we'll talk about in a moment how your faith takes grasp of the promise and causes it to be possessed and manifest in the earth. We'll talk about what time does on your side in a moment. But baby, faint not at the promises of God through unbelief. Think not. Don't be caught up about, well, can't nobody see how I see me? Can't nobody, don't nobody notice. I don't see the fruit that I think. Here's the problem. You don't see the fruit that you think you should have. You don't see what you feel you should have. But is it what God told you you can have? I mean, I can't be mad if, if, if I don't see something, but is it what I want to see or is it what God wants me to see? A lot of times we don't take the time out to say, God, am I what am I where you need me to be today? We we want to fast track God. God, God says you're gonna have a five thousand square foot house, or God says you're gonna make a hundred thousand dollars a year. And what you want to do is that you want to be making a hundred thousand dollars a year tomorrow. And yes, that is possible, but you want but you don't even have you don't even have the ability to answer the problems that are needed to be answered for a hundred thousand dollars a year job. So what God does is grow you up. He teaches you to have to solve job uh, problems on a forty thousand dollar level. He teaches you to go do X, or He teaches you to do Y, or He tells you to start a business so that you can get to where you're trying to where He's trying to get you to. But what we want to do, we want to go to sleep today with a mindset of $20,000 and wake up tomorrow with a mindset of 100K. Don't get me wrong. Yes, it happens. Yes, it's possible. But a lot of times we're not willing to put into work that's needed to grow up and mature to produce what God has for us to produce. You got to have a, God doesn't just want you to make all that money for yourself. Anytime we're growing up is so that the kingdom can be blessed. So the, the, the kingdom, the people who, re, who live within it can be blessed by our wealth. I have money to bless God and to bless people. And so God needs to be able to trust me as a good steward over the 20,000 so that when I get 100,000, the same way I sold at 20, he can trust me that I sow at 100. So if I was given 500 when he told me to give at 20,000, I give the 5,000 when he tells me at 100,000. God wants to see if you'll show yourself faithful. 
But see, you get weary because you don't want to be obedient. You get weary because you look at your own money. You get weary because you look at time. You get weary because you compare yourself to everybody else. Ain't nothing more exhausting than, than, than a married couple saying, oh, man, we 29 and we don't got no kids. Who told you you had to have kids at 29? Who, who, who set it up that you had to have kids at 30? You are wearing yourself out because you're comparing yourself to everything but the word of God. And there is no greater exhaustion than you will ever encounter than the exhaustion that you experience by stepping outside of the will of God, by stepping outside the vision of God, by stepping outside the word from God for your life and trying to look at other people and become who they are. Because when we begin to compare, we take ourselves outside of God's will and we look at other men to try to become like them. And that in itself is a tiring experience. Who told you that that? And that was one of the most powerful things when me and April and I was going to counseling when we first adopted Major. We was talking about some things. We was talking about how we felt and some things like that. And the, and the therapist said, who told you that? And I had to stop. And I was like, you're right. Why am I putting myself in this box? Why am I putting myself in this container and thinking that the way I think, thinking that the way I feel is wrong? Who's told me that? What constructs have I constructed in my mind that forced me to think that what I was doing was wrong? What constructs have I put in my mind that forced me to think that I was out of timing? What, for, what constructs have I put in my mind to force me to think that I can't be a teacher or I can't be an educator and I can't be wealthy at the same time? What constructs have we put in our minds to say that I can't be healed overnight? What constructs have we put in our mind that says that I can't be married? What constructs that you put in your mind that says that there are not any good spouses out there, that they're not any, that your kids got to have terrible twos, that they're going to be uh, challenged in their teens? What constructs are you building in your mind? Who told you that? Because when we begin to build these constructs that are outside of a kingdom way of thinking, it causes us to grow weary. It causes us to be exhausted and it causes us to faint when God tells us that if we faint not, we will reap. Who told you that? And that's what God was telling the, Thessalon, the, the church at Thessalonica. He was like, people around them were not, they weren't handling their business. They weren't doing what they was doing and they was growing weird. And he's like, who told you to stop? He said, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't faint because you see what other people are doing. Don't cave in because you see what other people are doing. Don't you quit. Don't put up constructs in your life just because something is going on in somebody else's life. That God, your God is still God. Don't do that. Well, they look good. They love Jesus. You don't know what they are doing. You don't know what they are experiencing. You don't know how they're living life. So you're putting up constructs in your life based off somebody else. So he's like, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary. But Ralph, you know, and I talked about this, this year started so good, so bad. You can't do anything about your start. You can't do anything about yesterday. The best next time to change and believe God is today. I was reading, I forgot what book it was. I was reading, but it says people are always talking about changing tomorrow, changing whenever. But the best next time to change is now. So I declare 
that right now I'm going to finish this year strong. I declare why? Because I control how I finish. You know how I control how I finish? Because I control how I believe. I control who I believe. I control when I believe, and I control what I believe. And when I choose, the Bible says, "Listen." I mean, it says that uh, Matthew 13. That's in any time you see, hear, and understand, you ought to be converted. So you control your seeing, you control your hearing, and you control your understanding. And because you can control all of those things, then you can control how you finish. And how will you finish, baby? You're going to finish strong because this is the year of great harvest. This is the year you experience everything that God has for you. This is the year your marriage is going to be healed. This is the year you're going to be healed. This is the year you're going to have more monthly, I mean, more money than you're going to have month. This is a year that debt's going to increase and you're going to experience blessing and increase. This is a year that God does for you everything that you've been believing because you choose to believe what he has said. You choose to hold strong and you finish strong because that is what the Lord has promised you. You choose to tear down the constructs that you have built in your mind. You choose to tear down the constructs that of generational curses. I don't care if everybody in your family has never had a successful marriage. You tear down that construct with the word of God. God said that you can have a successful marriage. God said that what man has joined together, let no man tear asunder. God said that that was your spouse. Now you may experience tough times. You may experience things that you don't like. You may you may not even like your spouse all the time, but baby, you can still have a great marriage if you pursue God. Why? Because you can choose to believe. That's a choice. And then choosing to believe, you choose how you finish. You only quit because you chose to quit in your mind before your body ever responded. You chose to get a divorce before you, you chose in your mind, you quit on your marriage and your mind, you quit on that job and your mind, you quit on weight loss and your mind, you quit on eating healthy and your mind, you did on those things. You choose to believe and because of the way you chose to believe it chose the way you're going to finish. The way you choose to believe, choose, you're choose, you're free to choose the way you believe and the way that you're believing will always dictate how you're going to finish. So I finish strong because I choose strong. What's strong? Strong is the word of God. Why? Because the word of God sets me free. Why? Because the word of God has, brings me liberty. Why? Because in the word of God, in Christ, all the promises of God are fulfilled. I have victory where? I have victory in Christ. And because I choose to put my faith in Christ, and I always have. Amen? Amen. All right. Let me, I clicked off that. All right. Just one second, guys. I'm trying to see. Hit escape. I lost track with slide I'm on. Okay, slide seven. All right. So, so slide seven. So listen to this. And this is where we got about, I ain't going to look at the time. We'll go and then we'll finish when we finish. All right. So let's get into the meat of it. Tell your neighbor to say, don't just finish, finish strong. Don't just finish, finish strong. Don't just finish, finish strong. So too many Christians just want to make it to heaven. All right, guys, it's not okay just to want to make it to heaven. 
it, it's not okay just to be satisfied with heaven. Heaven is our end result. But while you're on earth, while you're living, while you're breathing, you can't just be satisfied with heaven. You got to commit to to wanting more. And God tells us, I mean, John 10 and 10 says, I've come that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. Third John 2 says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so, so we can't just be satisfied with making it to heaven. Heaven is your final destination, but abundance should be your present experience. Heaven is your final destination but abundance should be your present experience. So yes, God, I thank you for eternal life. I thank you that when I die and I leave this earthly body, uh, this fleshly body, that my spirit will dwell with you in eternity in heaven. But I thank you also, God, that you said that I can experience heaven while I'm on this earth. I thank you also, God, that you said that you have come that I may have life and that life more abundantly. I thank you that you said that you wish above all things that I may prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. So God, I don't grow weary and sad that I, when I experience uh, something and it causes me to stagger, it causes me to think that you, that is not going the way I should. I don't, when I experience a no, I don't think that's final because you told me that I always have a victory. So I know that you told me that I can have a job. And so because they told me this job, I didn't get this job, I don't get sad because I know my yes is out there. And see, so many of us grow weary because we don't understand that our yes is out there. That We, we don't understand that it's already been finished. We don't understand that you're not waiting on the job, that you already got the job. You only grow weary when you lose focus of the vision. And I'm getting ahead of myself, and that's going to be number one. But you only grow weary when you lose focus of the victory. There, you you don't grow weary when you when you when you know where you're going. You don't don't grow weary when you when you know where you're headed. You you get there because in your mind you are already seated in the place that you're going. So there's no weariness about it. Yes, time may take place. Yes, it may take a day. It may take a year. Yes, I may have to learn something new. Yes, I may have to go in a different uh, direction. Yes, I got to be flexible in my approach. But baby, your destination is abundance. Your destination is a good life. The Bible says that he will satisfy our soul. So your mind, your will, your emotion, your imagination, and your intellect, all of that will be satisfied when you understand that my focus has to be the word of God. When you understand that I am not heaven, I'm not so much heaven focused, I am abundance focused for right now. I love heaven, I'm gonna go there, but right now I'm gonna experience it right now. I'm gonna experience everything that God has for me right now. Why? Because that's his desire for my life. That's his desire for my life. God's intention is for us to experience heaven on earth. So how not to grow weary? Don't lose focus of the vision. Go ahead and say that. Don't lose focus. I will. I refuse to lose focus of the vision. Vision. Your vision must be detailed enough to sustain the energy required to bring it to pass. Let me go ahead and click through all these so we have them. Your vision must be detailed enough to sustain the energy required to bring it to pass. You got to count up some costs, right? And we know what Habakkuk 2, 2 through 4 says. You can look it up. What I want to do is uh, talk about the scenario about going on vacation. All right. 
Actually, no, no, no. I'm going I gotta go back. I gotta read back a tune too. Here's what it says. It says, the Lord answered me, write down what I show you. Write it clearly on a sign so the message will be easy to read. This message is about a special time in the future. This message is about the end and it will come true. Just be patient and wait for it. That time will come. It will not be late. This message cannot help those who refuse to listen to it. But those who are good will live because they believe it. And that's verse four. We don't always read verse four. I love it. This message cannot help those who refuse to listen to it. This, the message of writing a vision won't help those who don't write the vision. So the Lord says, write down what I show you. What did the Lord tell you you're going to experience in 2020? Did you write it down? Did, did you talk about it every day? Because when you talked about it every day, what happened was it began to paint a picture in your mind. And I told you that we are, our, our, our fleshly lives are imitations of the portrait that we have painted in our own minds. So I am living the life that I have painted on the inside of my head. And that's the life I experienced on the, on the outside. And so I am a sum total of my most dominant thoughts. That's another way to say it. So the Lord says, answer me this. Write down what I show you. Write it clearly on a sign that the message will be easy to read. Why, God, does it need to be easy to read? So when you get sucker punched, when, when that bill comes unexpectedly and God said that this is a year to be debt free and you get a bill that's for several thousand dollars and you don't know how to pay it, you can walk by that vision easily and read it and say, nope, this is a year This is a year of debt freedom. This is the year I experienced no, to owe no man nothing but to love him. This is the year I walk in that. This is my manifestation year. This is the year of jubilee for me. I will have what the Lord has said I will have. Why? Because I can write the vision and make it plain. And what happens is you say that thing so much. It becomes alive in you. And the Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. So even when that bill came and it sucker punched you and you didn't know it showed up, the first thing out your mouth, because you are a believer and you understood what God has promised you, you says, God, I thank you that this I already paid for. God, I don't understand, but I know what the word said. The word says that I owe no man nothing but to love him. The word says that I'm the head and not the tail. The word says that I am the lender and not the borrower. The word says that this is a year of great harvest. So Father, I thank you that now in the name of Jesus, this is already taken care of, and then you put it aside because you know it's a finished work. You know it's a finished work. Why? Because you got the vision before you. You have written it down. You have meditated on that thing both day and the night. And because you meditated on the day and night, you observed to do according to what God had written on your heart. And because you observed to do what God had written on your heart, you made your way of great success and you experienced the manifestation that God wanted you to have. Why? Because it started with meditating on the word. It started with writing that vision. It started with detailing that thing out. It started with a plan of action because that's the first thing that you can expect that when you get in faith for God, you can expect that he's going to give you a plan of action. You can expect that he's going to give you favor. He, you can expect he's going to give you wisdom. You can expect that he'll perform a miracle and that he'll give you strength to endure to change come. You got to know that God will do what he said he'll do. And when you know that God will do what he said he'll do, when you believe that God will do what he said he'll do, then you will not grow weary and well-doing. Look at Abraham. God told Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. He told him when he was 75 years old, 
Abraham didn't see Isaac till he's 100 years old. 25 years he waited in. You didn't think Abraham got tired of going in and having sex with Sarah? You didn't think they was like, man, we got to do it one more time. Baby, I know you don't feel like it. Baby, I know you're tired. I know your feet dirty from walking around in them sandals all day. I know you're sweaty. I know I don't smell good, but we got to go in and consummate. We got to go in and do this because in doing the act, was the only way that the promise was going to come to pass. And every year he went into Sarah, every week, every day, whatever he was doing, he kept acting on that until it showed up. And so, so many times we quit because it doesn't show up in the time we feel like it to show up because we grow weary because we step out of faith and we just step into flesh and we step into our feelings. We step into our emotions and we quit on God because we don't, we stagger at the premises of God because we consider our own time. We consider our own flesh. We consider what research tells us. We consider that we're 30. We consider that we're 35. We consider that we don't have a degree. We consider that we don't have enough schooling. We consider that everybody in my family was poor. We consider all those things. And when we do that, we stagger at being able to fulfill what God has for our lives. But look at Noah, 120 years. You didn't think Noah got tired. You didn't think in year 10, Noah was like, okay, God, like, really? We still nailing on this boat? Really? You still got me building something that I don't even know what it is? Because you know it hadn't rained. You still got me nailing God in year 25. God, I'm still nailing. God, I don't see it. God, I don't understand. But God, I trust you. And he was just still out there nailing, nail after nail, board after board, his family talking about him, his friends talking about him. But he didn't consider the environment in which he was in. He only listened to God. And in listening to God, he didn't grow weary as it took 120 years to manifest what God is saying. But when it rained, oh, baby, when it rained, when it rained, they understood what obedience, he understood what the faith was about. He understood what it meant. And so right now, God is trying to cause rain to come upon us, but a lot of us aren't willing to keep nailing on the ark. A lot of us aren't willing to keep putting the boards on the ship and it's not ready. So God is like, I can't send rain because if I send it now, it would destroy you. Because if God would have sent the rain before Noah had built the ark or finished the ark, Noah and his family would have been destroyed. You're wanting something that you and God is wanting to give it to you, but he can't give it to you because you haven't finished building it by faith. You don't got the image in your head. You're not putting the work to it. And you're growing weary because you're taking your eyes off God. You think he's this double-minded God. You think he's a God that killed grandma cancer. You think he's a God that caused you to be evicted. You think he's a God that caused people to get sick. He is not that God. He is the same God today and, and forever. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same God that broke Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He, uh, he saved them. He is the same God that delivered, <clears throat> excuse me. 
He is the same God that raised Jesus from the dead. He is the same God that delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. He is the same God that delivered them, and he is the same God for you. Baby, he will deliver. Don't grow weary. It is your season. It is your time. Don't get caught up about what you see in the earth because God will do exactly what he said he would do. And the fact that he started is, is confidence that he will finish it. Joseph, 25 years from when Joseph was that little kid having the dream that his whole family would bow to him, that, his, that he would save the nations. It took 25 years between dream and fulfillment. 25 years, David was a teenager and he wasn't crowned king until he was 30. It took some years, but he staggered not because he understood that the dream that God put in his heart will come to pass. So I'm not messed up about the economy. I'm not messed up about the job laying me off. I'm not messed up about what my fleshly body is trying to cause me to believe. I'm not messed up about what Arvest, Bank of America, or Centennial Bank has to say. I am not messed up by that because I know that this is the year of great harvest. I understand that I will receive everything that God has for me because like Noah, I keep nailing. Like Noah, I keep putting up those boards. Like Abraham, I will keep going into my wife. I will keep acting on what's required to produce what God has said. Abraham knew that I can't get a towel if I don't have sex. You trying to get debt free. You trying to get a better job, but you ain't applied for a job. You trying to get debt free, but you still swiping your credit cards. You trying to have a better marriage, but you won't let nobody help you. You stubborn, you're prideful, and you're resentful. You think you know it all, and anytime you think you know it all, then you don't think God knows it all, and you're going to lean onto your own arm. And we know Jeremiah, I think 17 and 5 tells us, cursed is a man that makes flesh his arm. Cursed is a man. What does that word curse mean? Empower to fail. Faith will make you seem crazy until it begins to rain. That's what that's good. Faith will make you seem crazy until it begins to rain. Faith, see, you out here considering the opinions of people who don't even matter. The only opinion that matters is the opinion of God. The only opinion that matters is the opinion of God. It didn't matter that what they said. There's like Abraham, I mean, think about Abraham out there as friends. So, uh, Abraham, what you do last night, man? Still having sex with Sarah. Man, it's been 13 years. Y'all ain't had that baby yet. But the Lord told me I have a baby. Man, you might as well quit trying. And we begin to entertain what our friends saying. We begin to entertain what the news is saying. We begin to entertain what the economy is saying. And because we begin to entertain those things, if Abraham was just like, man, forget it. Sarah's womb is dried up and I barely am getting an erection as it is anyway. Let's just call this thing quit. But he staggered not at the premises of God through unbelief. He considered not, and I love it. He said, I'm not considering my environment. What was his environment? The dryness and the condition of Sarah's womb. What was his environment? His own body and the way it, it operated. That was his environment. He said, I will not consider my environment. The only thing I would do is commit to the premises of God because I understand that he has said it, then it has settled it, and the earth must produce what the king has said. 
the earth must produce what the king has said. So Abraham kept going in. Abraham, <laughs> Abraham kept laying it down. Why? Because he had a promise. And here's the thing, though. Don't get caught up on time because God is not limited to time. God's premises are not, my watch think I'm working out, that's funny. God's premises are not limited to time. So I'm not telling you it's going to take 120 years like it did Noah. I'm not telling you it's going to take you 25 years like it did Abraham. I'm not telling you it's going to take you 20 or so, I mean, 15 or 16 years like it did David. I'm not saying that. Why? Because here's you, what you got to understand. With 40 days left, baby, you're not limited. Whatever promise that God gave you, God can still do it. You do understand that God has stopped the sun and God has sped up time. God will cause this earth to respond in a way that gives you the ability to experience what he said that you can have. Check out Numbers 17, verses 7 through 8. Numbers 17, verses 7 through 8. It says, oh. I must hit a button somewhere, guys. Oh, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna make the number two, so we ain't gonna worry about that. Actually, I'm just gonna take that down. Uh, yeah, you will leave it up. So, so number seventeen, verses seven through it says, and Moses placed the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness and behold, the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi has sprouted and put forth buds, have produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Go ahead. I need y'all to type this for me. Uh oh, Pastor Chris, I already got it. 40 days and no limits. Go ahead and type that. 40 days and no limits. Here's the thing. God will speed up time on your behalf. And, and Numbers is really verse 8, 7 and 8, I want you to see. Moses placed the rods before the Lord. and So Moses goes in here, he puts down the rods. And then in verse 8, it says, Now he came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle, and behold, the rod had yielded buds. So at overnight, he, made, he planted, and then the next day, he reaped the harvest. That's what I'm telling you. And if he did it for, for, for them then, he'll do it for me now. Because why? He, he's no respected person. Time does not stop you. 40 days of no limits. 40 days of no limits. So I, I know what God told you in the beginning of the year. I know you might have not have done, you might not have obeyed the first 316 days of, year, of the year, but baby, 40 days of no limits. What do you mean no limits? No disobedience. What do you mean no limits? No time off. I am going to study my word and I'm going to obey God. And overnight, I'm going to see a produce. Overnight, I'm going to see a production of harvest. Why? Because God is showing himself strong. He is, and I'm proving to you in the word that he will do it. He said, Moses went in, he placed down the rods, he came back the next day, and there was fruit on the rods. So it doesn't take all day for God to do what he said he'll do in your life. You got to believe God. You got to stagger not. You got to understand that he will do what he said he'll do. And in, and in Jonah, you'll look, and Jonah, Jonah says Jonah was laid out in the field and, and it was hot. And God made a plant to grow up instantly. 
He made it to grow up and bring shade to Jonah while he was out there in the heat. God is going to make things in these next 40 days for those who choose to sow when he says so. For those who choose to obey when he says obey, he is going to make things grow up overnight. And what I'm trying to show you is in the word on what you can stand on, on the fact that the same God that brought almonds overnight, the same God that caused a plant to grow up instantly will be the same God that causes me to wake up one, go to bed one one way and wake up the another way. Why? Because this is a year of agreement. This is a year of alignment. And this is a year of advancement. So the God is causing things to be advanced in your life. So in the next 40 days, baby, be advanced. Advance me, God. Why will I know I can be advanced? Because I've agreed with the word. I've aligned in my heart. And I believe that he will do what he said he'll do. Advance me, God. Cause that to happen on my behalf overnight. And then I love John 6. We're talking about the God that supersedes time. We're talking about a God that in the next 40 days, there will not be any limits. The only thing that can constrain, constrain you is your ability to believe the God that has the ability to supersede time on your behalf. I know you've been applying all year for the job to give you the salary that God told you you can have, but God will do it for you if you choose to believe. Stagger not at the promises, God. Don't stop applying. Don't stop doing follow-up calls. Don't stop doing follow-up emails. Don't stop looking for the job. Don't stop calling it in. Why? Because in this season, it belongs to you. It is harvest time for you. All right, let's wrap up. And so in John 6, it says, in 19, it says, so when they have rolled out, it's, 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 it's like they, had to, they had preached, and, and God told them to go, uh, and they got on the boat to go to the other side. And so they out rowing, row, row, row your boat. They out rowing, right? They rowing. And then a storm pops up. And so now as it's storming, now things happening, they, they kind of getting afraid because God, you told us, I mean, we, we rowing, but you ain't here with us. And, and we're in the middle of this storm. And see, that's how it is for some of us. We're in the middle, we're at the end of 2020. We, we rowing this boat. We, we're doing our best. We're experiencing storms. Things aren't happening the way we thought that was going to happen. It ain't as peaceful as we thought it was going to be. It hasn't been as easy as we thought it was going to be. But we keep growing. And the Bible says they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat. And they became afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Hallelujah. Listen to that. You're rowing. It's storming. All you need. And I love what verse 20 says. He says, don't be afraid. So in the middle of your storm, I know you got 40 days. I know you don't think it's going to happen. Don't be afraid. Stagger not. That's what he told him. Stagger not. Stagger not. I, I, I know that your marriage looks rocky. Stagger not. I know it seems like it can't come to happen in 40 days. Stagger not. I know you may think that you can't close on a house in 40 days, but stagger not. I know you don't think you can be healed from this because the doctor says it takes three to five months, but stagger not. I know what the research says, but stagger not. That's what he says. He says, do not be afraid. Then he says, they willingly received him. Then he says, do you give me permission? 
to come into your life? Do you give me permission to come in and do what I can do? Do you give me permission to come in and be God that I am God? Do you come in, give me permission to be I am that I am? Do you give me the permission to do what only I can do? Do you give me permission to get out of my way so that I can be the same God that healed then to be the same God that heals now? Do you give me the same permission? permission to be the God that rescued the children of Israel and destroyed their enemies? Do you give me permission to be that same God then to be the same God now? He says, it says they willingly received him into the boat and instantly they were on the other side. Instantly, once they received God, they got to the place they were going. They didn't have to row no more. Did you hear what I said? They stopped rowing. Why? Because God expensed them to the other side. Baby, listen, keep rowing. Keep hearing God and then permit him to be the same God of history. Permit him to be the rescuer. Permit him to be Jehovah Rapha. Permit him, permit him to be the God that he says he'll be on your behalf. But you gotta be you gotta give God permission. The other day I made a post. I said possession requires permission and it requires participation. And a lot of times our participation is getting out of God's way and then doing it the way He said do it. So time doesn't limit God, limit us when God is involved. Go ahead and type it as we wrap up tonight. Time doesn't limit us when God is involved. That's why this is this is the 40 days of no limits. Why? Because time doesn't limit us when God is involved. And see, you know what it means. We're, we're talking about how not to grow weary. The first step, don't lo lose focus of the vision. You know what it means. When you go on vacation, traffic doesn't stop you when you go on vacation. If they shut down the interstate, it doesn't stop you. You wait on it. Right. That's what he's talking about. Habakkuk two and two. He says, write down what I show you. Write it clearly on a sign so that the message will be easy to read. This message is about a special time in the future. You going on vacation. It's in the future. This message is about the end. When you experience it, it will come true. Just be patient and wait on it. I'm sitting on the interstate. But you know what? In my mind, I, I smell the salt water. I feel the, the, the sand between my toes on the beach. I hear the seagulls making the noises. I take the, I feel the cool drink going down my, my throat. I, 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 I have written the vision. I have painted the portrait in my mind. I stagger not. Even though the vision tarries on the interstate, I wait on it because I know it won't tarry. It will come to pass. I will get to the beach. I will sit in sand. I will experience the thing that I set out to experience it. So if we can be focused to get to a vacation. If we can take on delayed flights, if we can take on shutdown interstates, if we can take on all of these things, why can't we believe God? Because the vision that God has given you isn't painted in your mind the same way that you painted that vision of going on vacation. But when the vision that God has given us becomes as real, real as the vision of being on vacation. We will stand on that interstate. We will take all the detours needed, but we will not stagger at the promise because we know in due time, Destin or Bahamas or Jamaica, it'll be there when we get there. And it's the same thing for the promises of God, baby. When you stagger not, they will be there when you get there. So whether it takes you 10 
days or whether it takes you 10 years, it'll be there when you get there. Just like the children of Israel, when they got what took them, what supposedly took them a few days, took them 40 years because of their doubt and their unbelief. Because of their, because they always considered the way they feel. I feel hungry. I feel tired. Why can't I just go back to Egypt and die there? I know God didn't bring me all the way out here to die in this desert. Woe is me. Always considering yourself. Always considering your environment. Always putting things between you and God. With delay manifestation. And so you got to understand that you got to paint the portrait that God has painted told you that you can have and that sometimes it's hard to pursue something that you haven't seen. It's almost impossible to pursue something you haven't seen. It's like chasing your, imagine chasing your neighbor's dog. Your, your, your neighbor says, hey, look, my dog is lost. Will you please help me find my dog? And you're like, yes, yeah, sure. I help you find your dog. And you're like, what does a dog look like? And they never give you a description. So even if you saw a dog, you wouldn't know if it was your dog or the dog you're looking for because you never got a description. And so many times as believers, that's how we live life. We, we run through life without a description of what God has told us to have. We know that God wants us to be wealthy, but what does wealthy look like for me? We know that God told us that we can have a happy marriage, but what does a happy marriage look like for me? We know that God told us that we're the head and not the tail. We know he's told us that we can have an abundant life. We know he told us that we wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health as, and eat, even as our soul prosper. Well, what does that look like for me? We don't take the time out to get a description of the vision. And because we fail to be able to paint a portrait in our mind, we will never be, be able to uh, manifest a portrait in the earth. The earth can manifest and the natural, the thing that you haven't already created and the, and the spiritual. It's just not, it's not possible. If, if, if your spirit, man, if you can't believe it in here, you'll never experience it out here. Everything you believe in here, you experience it out here. So if you believe you're in debt here, you experience debt out here. If you believe your marriage is over in here, it's gonna be it's gonna be over out here. If you believe your kids are bad in here, it's gonna experience it out here. Why? Because your life is the portrait that you have painted in your mind. And so if we stick to God, if we understand that we're in we're, what we are in now, that the same God of Abraham the same God of Noah, the same God uh, of Joseph, the same promise that he gave them he and he brought it to pass. He is the same God that will do it on our behalf. So don't grow weary, guys, in well-doing, because in due time, you'll reap if you faint not. And so I pray that this word blessed you. I pray that I said something tonight that will cause you to, to want to seek out God. That you And, and here's the thing. I want to pray for you. If you don't know God, that's the start, guys. That's the start. You got to know God. There's nothing I talked about that's that's accessible to you if you don't know God. Why? Because being a partner with God has its privileges. And what do I mean being a partner? Accepting, permitting him to come into your life as Lord and giving him permission. To, I mean, permitting him to come in and giving him permission to have life. I mean, to be your Lord. So if you don't know, let's just say the prayer. Father God, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you died on the cross for me. Today, I want to give my life to you. Today, I want to accept you as my Lord and your Savior, as my Lord and my Savior. Today, I want to 
to, to submit to you. And I know that you have, have cleansed me of all sins. And I thank you, Lord, that because of that, that I am the righteousness of God. And I receive my salvation right now because I believe in my heart that, that God raised you from the dead. And I believe <clears throat> and I accept you as my Lord. And, and you're saved. But now that you're saved and that you accept the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Father, I accept your Holy Spirit. So it may teach me how to live the way that you want me to live. I accept your spirit so I can say what you would have me to say. I can see what you would have me to see. And I can do what you would have me to do. I accept your spirit so they can cause your love to be shed abroad in my heart. And I'll stagger not at the premises because I know that a loving God would never set me up for failure. So if you got saved tonight and you said that prayer, God, send me a message. I love to make sure that you're connected with a church. If you don't have a church home, this is a great place to come and fellowship. Fellowship of Champions is a great church. But if you if you don't feel like this is your church, let us at least help you get connected somewhere. So if you said that prayer of salvation, send me a message so that I can continue to pray for you and get you resources to help you grow up in Christ. And then lastly, guys. It's always a good time to give. So, so, so. So if you want to sow, focchurch.com. Guys, go there. Sow your seeds. Uh, let me see. Can I put uh, ways to give? Let me see. Can I find it real quick for you? There's several ways to give. They're scrolling along the bottom of the screen. You can give via Givelify. You can give via Pushpay. You can give via Tyler. You can text the word give if you want to to 833-969-0897. We all putting in plugs for text to give <laughs> for Pastor Sean. So if you can text to give. Also, if you're watching on the church page, it's been uh, Pastor. So one of one of the partners have uh, done that at the bottom. But also, if you want to become a virtual partner, guys, perfect. Go there, focchurch.com backslash dollar sign partner dash form. Let us know. Uh, we don't believe you're in a relationship with us until you tell us. So just because you come every Wednesday, every Sunday, you come to prayer and you come to uh, Pastor Chris for worship, we don't believe that we're in a relationship, that we're in partners until you tell us. So go there, fill out the form, uh, and, and let us know that you want to be in partnership with us because partnership definitely has its privileges. All right? So so that's that, guys. Uh, and then lastly, if you feel like the Lord told you to sow into this word, guys, you feel free. Uh, to sow into the word is dollar sign Ralph Marlowe, R-A-F, like over there, down there, Marlowe, M-A-R-L-O-W. But guys, find yourself sowing. Why? Because you, it is foolish of a man to expect harvest without ever having sown a seed. All right. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If I can pray with you, please message me. I'm happy to pray with you or message uh, the church and we're happy to have our prayer team pray with you. But don't grow weary. All right. In due time, you shall reap. And don't get caught up in time because we know that God will supersede time on your behalf. The same way he did it for Moses, the same way he did it for Jonah, and the same way he did it for the disciples as they was in that boat in the middle of a storm. When they accepted him, they immediately became, they immediately went to, advanced to that the destination that God told them they would be at. Because this is the year of alignment, agreement, and advancement. Be everything that God has called you to be so that you can experience everything that God has called you to experience. I love you guys. Be blessed. Always be grateful and remain hungry for the word of God. Good night.